Luke 19, uh, 41 through 44. I'm reading this uh, piece of scripture here from the uh, 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 NIV. From NIV. Okay, here we go, 41. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he, they're talking about Jesus, wept over it. So here's Jesus weeping over Jerusalem and said, if you even knew, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. So he's weeping over the city because he's like, if you, all, if you only understood what would bring you peace, uh, uh, but now it's hidden from your eyes. You won't even be able to see it. He said, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build a, an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. Uh, they will not leave one stone, uh, uh, one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Again, 44, they will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another. Watch this. Here it is. Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. In some translation, it says, because you didn't recognize that this was your hour of visitation. Some says that this was your hour of deliverance. And it's crazy because what he's saying here is that your hour of deliverance is literally here, but you're going to suffer the consequences of not being delivered because you didn't recognize that the time of your deliverance was right now. He is literally saying that right now is your time for deliverance. Right now is your time of visitation from God. But, all, but you don't even understand it. You don't recognize it. You don't see it. And so all these things are going to happen to you, Jerusalem, because you did not understand that right now is your time of visitation. Today's message is don't miss it. It's don't miss it. This is an extreme warning for us. Watch this, that the word of the Lord is here, that the Savior was there, that their deliverance, that their breakthrough, everything that, that they've been praying for, the things that they've been waiting for hundreds of years and reading through the Holy Scriptures and waiting for the Messiah, that the day of deliverance and salvation had finally come to them, but they would not reap any benefits from it. Why? Not because it wasn't there and not because it wasn't theirs, but because they didn't perceive it that they didn't understand it, that their attention was not on it. And what we've got to understand this morning, Impact, is that, is, is, is that God needs your attention, okay? God needs your attention. He needs you to be aware. He needs you to walk circumspect like we see in the scriptures. He needs us to be attentive. He needs our antennas up. He needs us to be aware of his moves in our lives lest we miss what he's trying to do for us and to us and in us and through us in this season. This scripture is a warning that, yes, you can miss it. Watch, listen, you can walk through life and not necessarily perceive what God is doing through you, in you, and to you because you're just not aware and he doesn't have your attention. And we're going to go through scriptures and show us some of these things that block our attention, okay? Things may need to change. Watch this. Sometimes we need to admit in my life, Listen, my attention may not always be on God, and my attention may not be where God wants it to be. And in order for things to go right, or in order for me not to miss what God has for me, I now need to change my attention, and I need to uh, shift the priorities. I need to shift the things in my life to make sure that God has my undivided attention, because I don't want to be like the people in Luke 19 over Jerusalem, where Jesus is weeping because he says your deliverance and your breakthrough and everything you wanted is right here, but you're not going to receive it because you're not even aware of it. I don't want anybody missing anything that God has for them simply because you're not aware of it, okay? And so here are some things in our lives, watch this, that may need to change to make sure that we have, or some areas that we may need to check up on to make sure, watch this, that God has our attention 
and that there aren't any attention blockers in our way, okay? Now watch this, we wanna make sure we get rid of the attention blockers, the things that distract us, the things that get us sidetracked, or making sure that we are in a proper position, proper place to hear from God. Now watch this, here are the things we're gonna talk about today. Uh, if, if, if I was one of those fancy preachers, I'd say they're the four Ps of attention. Watch this, here we go. We gotta make sure that, we, we gotta make sure that we're in the right place, okay? You can write that down if you're taking notes. We gotta make sure that we're in the right place, We've got to make sure that we're in the right position, okay? We've got to make sure that we're in the right posture. And finally, we've got to make sure we have the right perception, that we're perceiving things right, okay? We've got to make, we want to talk about place, we're going to talk about position, we're going to talk about posture, and we're going to talk about perception. I'll give you the four again. Here we go. Place, position, posture, perception. Let's talk about place. Go to Jeremiah 18, 1 through 5. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 5. I'm reading from King James Version on this one. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 5. All right, watch this. So God is speaking to Jeremiah. Verse 1, I'm going to read 1 through 5. The, the word which came to Jer Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, watch this, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Okay? Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And so he goes through all this, uh, and he says, verse 4, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Watch this. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying. Now watch this. Here's what's crazy. In verse 1, you see that, that God spoke to Jeremiah. Verse 2, he tells him, Arise and go somewhere else. Go to the potter's house. And when you get there, then I will speak to you. Here's God speaking to him, telling him, I will speak to you when you get to the place where I need you to be in order for me to speak to you. A place just means a particular point or location in space. God spoke to Jeremiah, but he told him, I have something to say, but I can't tell you until you get to the place where I need you to be. What if God needed you to move? What if God needed you to go somewhere else? What if God needed you to change locations in order to tell you something? God was not going to speak to Jeremiah about this lesson that he had for him for Israel with the potter and the clay and being marred and being shaped. He, he wasn't going to tell him that until he left and went to the potter's house. Now, listen, he could have just said what he wanted to say right then and there. He's God. He can give him that lesson, but he didn't. He wanted him to move. The lesson for us is that sometimes God is causing you to shake things up. And sometimes, I see you, Maya, I never saw that too, but I had to read it again. That he, he, that, that, that he told Jeremiah, if you go there, then I'm going to speak to you. Sometimes we need to learn that God will change things up, that God will cause you to move, that God will cause you to be somewhere where you've never been before. Watch this, to leave somewhere where, where it's familiar or somewhere where you're comfortable or somewhere where you've been in order to get you somewhere else so he can speak to you. Now watch this. I get it. Sometimes that's uncomfortable. Sometimes we don't want to change. Sometimes we don't want to move. Sometimes we don't want to go. Sometimes we're too attached to where we are. Sometimes we're too attached to a place. You're right, my yeah. Sometimes he sure will. Watch this. And we get too attached. But if we want the things that God wants to reveal to us, Watch this. We did a whole series on release. If we want to be in the place where God is going to release some things, sometimes that is tied to leaving the place. Please do not let a place be the barrier from you hearing from God. Staying in a place way too long, 
staying in a place where God is telling you, I need you to leave there in order for me to speak to you. You see right there in Jeremiah 18, one through five, God spoke to Jeremiah. I have something to tell you, but I need you to go to the potter's house. And once you get there, I will then tell you. He gets to the potter's house. He sees this stuff. And then, I know that's right. I'm still listening to release myself. He leaves where he is. He goes to the potter's house. He sees this thing. And this is, and then God spoke. God was not going to give him that message until he left where he was and went where God wanted him to go. Parents said, God, show me where to go. That's a prayer right there. Show me where to go and not let the place where I am become the biggest barrier to me hearing you. So we're talking about barriers. Want to make sure God has our attention. So number one was place. Let's talk about number two. Number two is position. Okay. Don't let my position be uh, a barrier. Let's go to Luke 19, one through six. Sometimes we got to leave. Sometimes we got to go. Sometimes it's like, I got to get out of here. We talked about that in release too, because I don't want where I am or the place where I am to be a, to be a barrier. God told Jeremiah, I'm going to speak to you, but I'm not going to do it until you get to the potter's house. And then he had to go there. The minute he got there, that's when God started talking to him. Don't let where you are be a barrier. If you got to go, you got to go. Uh, Luke 19. I want to go Luke 19. I'm going to read verse 1 through 6. Again, this is uh, uh, King James, uh, 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 New King James verse uh, 1. Uh, then Jesus entered uh, and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus uh, who was a chief tax collector and was rich. Watch this. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead, climbed into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus, watch this, came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Now understand this, Zacchaeus heard about Jesus, he saw Jesus was coming, but he could not see Jesus because there was a large crowd and he was a short man. Watch this, he couldn't see over the crowd, so he had to move ahead, understanding where the flow was going, understand the path that Jesus was taking and said, I'm going to move ahead and I'm going to change positions. I can't see from down here. I'm short and there's too many tall people in front of me. And so he moves ahead. He climbs up a tree and changes position to take a higher ground in order to see Jesus. Now watch this. What is currently on your ground level that is blocking your vision and causing you not to see what God is trying to show you? All right. See, these are, see, I can't answer that question for you. I like what parents said. God, show me where to go. See, the problem is we try, we try to go to people for the answers and we try to go. So you say, well, let me ask my pastor what God is trying to show me. No, no. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to all truths. You need to ask God. I don't know. He may give me some insight maybe, and that can help in that area. But for the most part, you need to go to God and God needs to show you that prayer that parent just said, God, show me where to go. That's God. It can't be Rick. Can you show me where God is telling me to go? No, you need to seek God for that. And God will show you. But what is on your ground level, like Zacchaeus, that is blocking your vision, causing you to not see? Watch this. There are two reasons he couldn't see. Number one, he couldn't see because of the crowd, right? There are stuff in your life that may need to move. Okay, there may be things in your life, watch this, that's, crowd, that's the crowd, that, that, that's cluttering your vision, that's put, creating too much space between you and God, and you can't see what he's trying to tell you. And, you, and so now you, cut, you, you run, you run to, to Nisi, or you run to Charmaine, and you try to ask them for their advice, but they don't know because they're not sitting at your perspective. Only you are at your perspective. And so you need to try to figure out a way to either get the crowd to move, watch this, because there were two problems. There was a crowd. He, 
do you need to get the crowd to move, get the crowd out the way, or you need to go to a higher level, okay? And so what he chose to do was to go to a higher level because there was nothing he could do about the crowd. There was two problems. Number one, it was crowded. Number two, he was too short to see over the crowd. He couldn't do anything about the first problem. And we got to understand that about life sometimes. Sometimes we can't uh, 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 get all the clutter and all the crowd out the way. Sometimes life just moves so fast. Sometimes it's one thing after the other, after the other. Have you ever been through a season like that where it seems like it's this and then this happens and then that happens and then I finally cleared up this, but it's like you take you take two steps forward and four steps back. And, if, and, and, and when it rains, it pours. And if it ain't one thing, it's another. And you go through all this stuff. I see you, Ma. And sometimes you're like, man, listen, I would if I could move the crowd, if I could calm things down, if I could get all this clutter out the way, I would get the clutter out the way, but he couldn't get the clutter out the way. So he decided to, to, to go ahead, to stay on the path. That's important to stay on the path, not to deviate from the path. He went down the path, watch this. And he went up on higher ground and he got into a tree. You may need to change positions. Watch this to get to higher ground so you can see. Yeah, it was crowded, but he was also short. He had to what? He had to go higher. I love when First Lady Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. And let me tell you something. A lot of us clapped and applauded and stuff, but we all, but, but, but it's harder to put it in practice than it is to just cheer it because sometimes people still go low and we need to learn how to go high when they go low because I can't get rid of all the junk sometimes. Sometimes I just need to rise, watch this, above it in order to see Jesus and operate the way that God wants me uh, to operate. That's right, my I changed my position. I saw three definitions for position that we got to look at today, y'all. Now, remember, this is just part two, things we got to check to make sure we don't miss what God has for us. Definition number one, a particular way in which someone or something is placed or arranged, okay? Position, a particular way in which something or someone is placed or arranged. Are things in my life arranged in a way, come on, y'all, for me to hear from God? Or am I arranged? Come on. Is my priority set? Are things arranged? Is my position right? Is the position, is the arrangement of my life right or, or, or in a good place in order for me to hear from God? Position definition number two, a situation or set of circumstances that affects one's power to act. All right, that's number two, a situation or set of circumstances that affects one's power to act. What in my life is affecting my power to act? Why am I still not active? Why am I not doing anything? Why is my position correct? What's going on in my life? What's going on inside of me that is affecting my power to act? Listen, we all we talked about this when we talked about um, you know, a, a church and God calling us, how it is not a spectator sport. It's not meant for you to sit down and watch people sing and then watch people pray and then watch people preach. You're supposed to be the church. And it's like, if I'm not active, what is affecting my power? Why, are, why am I idle? Things aren't meant to be idle. Even water, the same thing that gives us life and refreshment, the same thing that cleanses, water goes bitter and dirty and filling bacteria if water's not flowing. Even if water is idle, it then turns bad. How much more does that happen to us? Come on, I see you see here. Now watch this position definition number three, a person's point of view or attitude towards something. Maybe my position isn't necessarily physical. Maybe my position is that my attitude or towards something and my point of view towards something has to change. The question is, listen, Zacchaeus had to get higher. He couldn't do nothing about the crowd. And maybe you can get some things clear, but maybe there's some things that you just can't avoid or some things you can't clear up right now. And the answer to that is for you to now take yourself to another level, a deeper prayer life, 
deeper uh, scripture study, uh, 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 maybe talking to someone who can help you out and process through some of these things, uh, 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 continuing, watch this, not just deeper prayer, but like continuing in prayer throughout your day. Uh, it may cause watching and monitoring what you're listening to and what you're watching because you have to go higher because there's a crowd in front of you and there's clutter in life. And I now have to change my position to make sure that I don't miss Jesus. Now watch this. You got to see verse five. Uh, verse five, uh, 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 where are we at? Luke 19, verse five. It says, and when Jesus, watch this, came to the place, he looked up and saw him. Watch this. Jesus will see you. Jesus will see you, but you need to make sure you're in the place. You need to make sure you're in the spot. You need to make sure you go higher. Listen, listen, you need to understand this from the, from the section of position. You need to get to your spot. That's what you need to go higher, get to your place. And the same way Jesus, when he got to the place, saw Zacchaeus, you got to believe me, when Jesus gets to the place, he's going to see you as well. Uh, here we go. So we had place and we had position. We got to move to the third P. Here we go. We had place, we had position. Now we're going to get to posture, okay? Posture. Let's move to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 20. This is another story that I talk about a lot. But there's so many lessons in this one. Uh, Second Chronicles 20 this is the story of Jehoshaphat. We're going to read, um, uh, you could probably read the whole chapter, but for today's purposes, we're going to read the first five verses, and then we'll skip down to 12 and 14. Now watch this. Second Chronicles 20. Uh, I'm going to read the first five verses. Watch this. It happened after this, that the, this is New King James, uh, that the people of Moab with the people of Amnon and the others with them beside the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. So these are groups of people. These are groups of nations coming together to fight against Jehoshaphat and his people. Now watch this. He says, then some came and told Jehoshaphat saying, a great multitude has come against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazan Tamar. And Jehoshaphat feared, so he was afraid. He heard about this great host that they're getting closer. Watch this. And people said, listen, they're getting close, man. Here's where they are. So it says, Jehoshaphat feared. I'm in verse three. Jehoshaphat feared, but watch the posture. He was afraid, but he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah. Okay, now watch this. So Judah gathered together to ask for help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah, they came to what? To seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, then he started to pray, oh Lord, our God. You can read the prayer uh, yourself, but watch this. He, posture, definition for posture, a particular way of dealing with or considering something, an approach, an attitude. They changed their way of approaching this to prayer. The way that they approached this was to pray. The way they approached it was to gather together. And the way they approached it was to fast. They were facing a large enemy that was right on their tail, things closing in on them. And what did they do? They didn't gear up to fight first. No, 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 no. They changed their posture. And you can read back uh, several chapters. This wasn't Jehoshaphat's first battle. They know what it means to fight and they've won some battles, but there was something about this one where the, the multitude against them was so great. And sometimes that happens to us where it seems like the things that we're coming up against us in life are so great and we're ready to fight and we've been ready to fight our whole lives. And this is the way I always deal with it. But what God is asking you to do is to change your posture so you don't miss what he is trying to tell you. That as opposed to fighting back, that as opposed to doing what you normally do, he wants you to change your posture 
posture, change your way of dealing with this, change your way of considering this, change your approach, change your attitude, go into a posture of prayer, a posture of fasting, a posture of seeking the Lord. He called everybody in. They shut everything down. We are not doing anything except seeking the Lord, praying, watch this, and fasting. They shut it all down and they sought the Lord. Now I want you to see what they said in verse 12 because this is a dynamic prayer. Uh, 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 watch this. He says, oh, uh, uh, oh God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude. Watch this. That is coming against us. Nor, well, here we go. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And so many times we face those situations. I mean, it could be financial. It could be things going on at work. It could be anything. You're facing all this stuff and you literally like, God, I don't know what to do. Jehoshaphat didn't know what to do. But what he did, he said, we're going to call a fast. We are going to pray. We want everyone gathered and we're going to seek the Lord. And he says, God, uh, uh, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. It's okay if you don't know what to do. It's okay if you don't have all the answers. It's okay if you, if you are confused, as long as your eyes are still set on the one who has the answers. Now, you got to watch in verse 14. You keep reading it. It says, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, uh, the son of Benai, and the son of Jael, the son of uh, Mataniah, uh, and the Levite, uh, the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, so watch this. After all that, after shutting it down, after fasting, after praying, after, after, after changing their posture, uh, even though they were afraid, they changed their posture to prayer, what happened? They did all this stuff and they prayed and then God what? And then God spoke. And so sometimes it is our approach to things. Sometimes it's the way we consider things. Sometimes it's the way that we deal with something. It's our attitude. It's our posture that needs to change. Place, position, posture. Our last one, our last one we're dealing with this morning is perception. Perception. Perception is, is the ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through our senses. Let's go to 1 Samuel 3, uh, and, I'll, and, and I'll read verse 1 through 10. 1 Samuel 3. Because remember, we saw this in Luke where Jesus wept over Jerusalem. It was like, man, your deliverance was here. Your day of deliverance was right here, but you missed it. You didn't, you didn't perceive it. You didn't see it. They weren't, they weren't in the right place, in the right position, the right posture, and they didn't have the perception to understand it. So perception, the ability, the ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through the senses. 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. I'm going to read from New King James Version again. Here we go. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. I may uh, see. So yeah, take a note on that. I may. I, I may need to preach from just that verse uh, uh, one day. That that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. My goodness. Here we go. Verse two. Uh, and it came to pass at that time while Eli was laying down in his place, uh, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down. Watch this. And the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he said, I didn't call you. This is Eli responding. I didn't call you. Uh, lie down again. And he went to lie down. Then the Lord called again, Samuel. So Samuel rose and he went to Eli and he said to Eli, here I am for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you, my son. 
lie down again. Now, Samuel, verse 7, Samuel, watch this, did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So he doesn't know what's going on. Perception. Watch this. He says in the verse 8, uh, and the Lord called Samuel again a third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli, here we go, perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Samuel didn't even understand it, but Eli understood it, okay? Now watch this. I see you, parents. This is good stuff. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, I'll, I'll go back. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Watch this, verse 9. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be. If he calls you, uh, that you must uh, say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down uh, in his place. Now, verse 10, now the Lord came and stood and called at the other, uh, as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Watch this. Then the Lord said to Samuel. Now watch this. The same way God didn't speak to Jeremiah until he moved to the potter, went to the potter's house about that lesson. He didn't even speak to Samuel until Samuel understood that it was God speaking to him. Okay. Because God could have just said, hey, Samuel, and, and give him everything he wanted. But it was something about understanding and perceiving the fact that this is God talking to me, that God was going to wait until Samuel understood that it wasn't Eli calling you and it wasn't anybody else calling you. It was me calling you. Now watch this. He heard a voice calling him, but couldn't perceive who it was. He thought that it was Eli, right? Now watch this, because he had he never heard God speak before, uh, 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 and he didn't. And, and as the Bible says, he didn't yet. He did not yet know the Lord. Now watch this. It may not be a voice that's calling you, but there may be things in your life that is pushing you, that's pulling at you, that's urging you. Things you feel on the inside. Watch this. It may be things that are even irritating you. Watch this. And you have no clue why. And you have no clue why something's pulling at you. You have no clue why something's pulling. You have no clue why something is irritating you. You have no clue why this thing is on you. It's because your perception is off. Is it possible that just like Samuel heard his name and thought that it was Eli, thought that it was something else, but it was really God because his perception was off? Is it possible that if we turn our perceptions on, our perception on, and we turn on our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes and our spiritual understanding, we will understand that those things pulling at us, those things pushing us, those things that got us uncomfortable, those things that aren't sitting right with us, the things that's got us irritated, the things that's calling us commotion, that it is possible that it is God calling you, but your perception is off. And so you are looking at the things, the physical things, as opposed to understanding in the spirit that it is God calling you. Is it possible that God is using that stuff, watch this, to speak to you? But your perception's off. Watch this. It wasn't until Samuel stopped running, watch this, to the, until he sat down, watch this. It wasn't until Samuel got some perspective from Eli. Every now and again, we got to go to somebody who knows. He, he got some perspective from Eli, right? Now, what did he do? He had to sit down. He had to settle himself, right? Now, watch this. He had to stop running to the things he thought was calling him, okay? Watch it. Watch it. He had to stop running to Eli, right? And he had to respond to God. And that's when God started to speak to him. Who or what are you running to for the answers? Who is your Eli? Who, what, what is pulling you, calling you, and you hear something, and then you run to Eli as opposed to sitting and waiting to God? We need to make up in our minds, y'all, that we're going to stop 
running to Eli's. We're going to stop running to people. Listen, stop running to people to try to get there because we think that they're calling us. And this is the one who's calling. Why are we? I see you see here. We're running to the things we think are calling us. We're running to the things we think we need. We're running to the things that we think have the answers as opposed to sitting, sitting down and, and, and say, God, I hear you. Yes, I'm, this is pushing me. Yes, this is pulling me. Yes, I'm, but God, I, this is you speaking to me. I hear you. Please speak. And it wasn't until Samuel stopped. Because again, God could have literally just said Samuel and then gave him the vision that he gave him. Because he gave him a vision about Eli and about what he was going to do to Eli and his family. But, but um, uh, uh, he could have just told him right then, Samuel, and, 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 let, and let him have it. But he didn't because it was important that Samuel understood that it was God who was speaking to him, but he had no perception of it, couldn't perceive it. So he kept running to Eli. And we need to make sure that today, watch this, that, that, that the same way we're going to go higher and change our position, the same way we're changing our posture, watch this, and the same way that we're going to change our perception, you know what I mean? That we are going to stop running to Eli when we know when, and, and perceive and understand that God is the one who is calling us, not Eli. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Remember, it was Jesus who said in Luke 19, he wept over the city because their deliverance was at hand, and, but they couldn't, but they didn't understand it. They, they missed it, right? And so we want to make sure that we're in the right place, that we're in the right position, that we have the right posture, and that we have the right perception. Let's pray, y'all.